Welcome to Between the Horns, brought to you by your Southern California Toyota dealers. I'm Kirsten Watson, and I'm joined by some really uh, amazing guests. And also, I feel like the usuals of the show. Yeah. I'm filling in for the day. Well, but I'm amazing. I, I, you are amazing, very much so. I'm next to Sue. Super Bowl champion <laughs> and Rams analyst, Marco Farr, and then Rams senior staff writer, Stu Jackson. Guys, I'm amazing. <laughs> okay, no, I'm just He's great. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. We are coming off of, look, we had the bye week, it's, yeah. then it was week 11, a huge win to just set the tone for the back half of this season against the Seahawks. We've got a lot on our schedule today. We're going to get into just the latest on Cooper Cup's uh, status oh, yeah. heading into week 12. We're going to talk about AD and the defense that was lights out in week 11. Uh, the Rams getting back Kyron Williams, hopefully, this weekend yeah. in Arizona. Hey, He's going to be a huge impact. Uh, and then what we're going to be thankful for this season, because coming up is Thanksgiving. So mm. it's the holidays officially. It's kind of crazy to think that we're actually here. But let's now go back first to this past weekend at SoFi Stadium, a fourth quarter comeback, Matthew Stafford. It seemed like, you know, he took a big hit from the Seahawks huh. defense. I, I think it, it kind of sucked the life out of everyone. We were yeah. all in there extremely nervous for him to come back out, just showing, look, we know he's QB1. We know who he is. He wants this team to win. And for him to come back and lead that fourth quarter drive, when you kind of look back on those plays, what were wow. you seeing from him? Sucked all the wind out of us. How do you yeah. think he felt? Oh, my <laughs> God. No, literally. Uh, that was a heck of a shot. It was a, a little flea flicker deal, and the timing got thrown off because of Bobby Wagner and somebody got free and he stepped into it. I mean, he is an absolute stud of, of a quarterback. He is a competitor. He's a guy that's not afraid to take a shot like that to make a play. Now it was picked, but I'll give him credit, man. That shot should have put him out. And he rolled over, got up, went to the sideline, stitched himself together and came right back out. So yeah, I mean, I was asking players about him before the game. Tell me something about Matthew Stafford. And to a man, they all said, look, he is just a throwback. He is an old school quarterback. He is, he's able to play through some stuff. And he'll teach young guys, this is what it means to be tough in the National Football League. So that's the inspiring stuff. So that was pregame. Then you see him take a hit like that and come back and win. Oh, my God. Just, just awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I thought it was really telling, too, when you know talking to players in the locker room. Puka especially, yeah. uh, Rams wide receiver Puka Nakua, he said that uh, kind of caused them to maybe, you know, tighten their cleats a little bit and, and, and buckle in a little bit more because they're like, you know, we obviously can't be having that as far as, you know, our quarterback getting hit like that. And so um, it galvanized the offense in a way. And, you know, Rams head coach Sean McVay kind of joked that maybe they need to punch Stafford in the gut before every game <laughs> just to get that. I wouldn't that. suggest Please that. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. joking. But, but I, I understand but, what he means. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But it was uh, – you know, what, however way you look at it, I mean, it just like it was mm-hmm. like McVeigh said, you know, just add it to his legacy and reputation. And I actually went back and assuming my math is still correct, he after he took that hit, he was seven for 11 for 111 of his 190 passing yards. Crazy. So Absolutely he, crazy. And he finished, I think, 20. I want to say it was 20 of 31. I don't know the exact numbers off the mm-hmm. top of my head, but basically his completion percentage after that was actually better than what it was before the hit, yeah. which is kind of wild. I see. I wish I could explain it, man. Seeing your quarterback get splattered like that and then get up, it gets you a lift. It gives you a lift mm-hmm. as, as a team. Now, imagine what happened with Seattle when their quarterback goes down and you put the backup in. You get deflated. So it's just awesome. But after that game, I still feel like we walked away like we robbed a bank. I still can't fit. Like, we won. Mm-hmm. The Rams won that game. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Wow, you got the W. That was awesome. But like we always say, winning, great deodorant. Covers up a lot of stink. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, also, when you think about that win, uh, it kind of felt like they needed that in that moment. You're fresh yeah. off of the bye week. You have guys who are healthy, making their way back. 
there's still spots to be taken in the NFC playoff picture. So it's kind of Mm. like, how important was this win? Not only to really Mm. set the tone of this back half of the season, you're about to be, like I said, it's about to be Thanksgiving. When you look at December football, that's the most important time to get those wins. So when you can set the tone now, how important was that win for this team? Mathematically, very important. Sweeping Seattle, ultra important. But just getting the W, getting that stink off of you. I mean, coming back from Green Bay, going into the bye, that was kind of, I don't want to say depressing. I don't want to make light of depressing, but that's... It's bad when you lose in the National Football League. You've got to carry it for a week. Now, carry it for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So to get that victory, to go into that locker room, and you heard it. You guys heard that locker room. It was, it was, it was upbeat. That, that was life. That, that will give you life for the next week. So I thought it was super important and huge for them to get that win versus Seattle. I would echo DeMarco's point, too, about that sweep being especially important. Mm-hmm. Who knows what happens the remainder of the season? But if you have that as a tiebreaker and a leg up over the Seahawks and you know, it gets to, you know, a really critical juncture, maybe with a wild card berth on the line. Yep. You know, that's something that you've got in your back pocket in your favor. Yeah, now the Seahawks are a game back behind uh, the 49ers, so we always love that Take as that well. <laughs> Let's now hit on just the defense, that the oh. defensive performance we saw against the Seahawks because they, they created the momentum in that game. What kind of impact did they just have and how impressive was the defense, especially Man. in the second half of that game? Raheem Morris and his staff has got them going. They're a bunch of youngsters at a, at a bunch of new spots and he's got them playing like gangbusters. There's like eight or nine plays I wanted to send to Stu because I don't have your contact, but <laughs> Stu, okay. in the middle of the night. Seriously, just watching these guys get off blocks. Like guys like Jonah Williams, who went from slug to thug. I mean, he is an absolute problem now in the middle like you have to account for him not just a guy that's filling in a spot Bobby Brown coming back proving he was trying to prove he was the guy before he got hurt right and then Kobe Turner coming in and saying look no no I'm that guy all these guys are making plays they're playing hard they're constricting holes they're getting off blocks they're making plays uh this defense uh, dare I say couldn't be playing better you could always play better but as far as the intensity running to the football all the intangible stuff they're absolutely doing that in gangbusters I, I like how you mentioned the playmakers right there because mm. one thing that I wanted to bring up was the play of Darion Kendrick especially. Mm-hmm. You know, for somebody who had a role change and you know was, was on the bench for a little bit and then obviously put into a starting role because Kobe Durant didn't play to come up with that huge interception that you know helped set up what ended up being the game-winning field goal. Um, feel like we got to give props to him for being ready or I guess staying ready so that mm-hmm. you know when that moment came he was able to take advantage and it ended up being his first career interception too which is also yeah. kind of cool nice pick you could put him in detention in Green Bay <laughs> yeah. like really I'm serious <laughs> yeah. like really like you could see him on the sideline like man I want to play so bad so the next time I get an op I'm going to make sure and boom he did mm-hmm. it yeah we've continued to see some of our younger guys step up I think that was a perfect example but even with the rookies we've seen a lot from Pukunakua this year he's been having a I mean, lights out rookie season. But when you have a situation where the Rams are without Cooper Cup for the first four weeks due to a hamstring injury, uh, he's dealing with a lower ankle injury at the moment. Uh, he came out this, he was came out in the second quarter, was out for the entire second half of the game. How are you continuing to see just these younger players step up and really kind of make their name not only in this league, but really in this locker room? You know, Puka is, uh, we, I guess they knew in training camp when mm-hmm. they said they're not going to play him in preseason. And you can see him in practice. They had a plan for him, right? So it was kind of like Christmas. You have to wait till the, the regular season to open that box and see what he can do. But he's so big. He's so physical. He wants it. I love the aw shucks attitude. 
Ah, shucks. You know, I'm Puka. Ah, shucks. All that stuff. But when he gets on the field, man, he turns into an absolute assassin out there. And I absolutely love it. When he catches those short passes, you know, five or 12 yards out, and then he turns north and south, you have a decision to make as a corner or safety coming up in there, really. Because if he lines you up, Mm -hmm. he can drop you. Really, if you don't hit him right, you can hurt yourself. So, I mean, he is an absolute threat. 2-2 at well, the same thing. Um, I'm glad that I, I never want you know, Cooper Cup to get hurt. Never. Or miss time. But I'm glad it happened when it did because they got the work with Matthew Stafford and they got to develop that trust. So you can see that in games, especially when Cooper goes out. I personally love the py- the progress that Byron Young's made at outside yeah. linebacker. I mean, you talk about having to make quick decisions. You see that speed off the edge. You're probably, you know, picking things up a little bit and throwing that ball a little bit faster than you want to if you're a quarterback. So He's been tremendous from a pass rush standpoint and, and someone who I think has continued to ascend. He's starting to get it, man. I yeah. mean, he's got speed. He's got otherworldly speed, right? Who out there can run a 4-3, right? Like not on me. defense. Not many. I mean, <laughs> yeah. not even some DBs can run that fast. But he's learning to keep himself active and keep those guys' hands off him so he can be active, run and pass, and just dart by guys. And in an obvious passing situation, when he gets in a track stance, yeah, man, if you miss your set, he's around you and up on your quarterback, yeah. So I got to find one for you guys. Aaron Donald's got five and a half sacks so far on the mm-hmm. season. Byron Young's got five. Who's going to have more to finish the season? You go. I still think it'll be Aaron, <laughs> but it's but it's but it's a tough call because he does command yeah. a lot of attention, and yeah. like that could also create some opportunities for Byron. But that is a good one, right? Ah, uh, funny, crazy. I think I would want <laughs> Byron to be the leader because if he's the leader in sacks coming off the edge, you're affecting quarterbacks. No, Aaron's mm-hmm. gonna get the, Aaron's gonna get he's his. Gonna get, yes. He's gonna get his. Oh my god, he turned into a hockey enforcer, right? Mm-hmm. What do hockey enforcers do when your team is like flat? They go out and beat somebody up. So Aaron goes out and just flattens the quarterback. Changes the entire game. Flattens Geno. They have to bring in Locke. We get the pick right after. Changes the entire game. So that's what special guys do, and that's why guys like him will be immortalized. I can't wait to see what happens. We're going to have to come back to this conversation at the end of the year. You said Byron. No, you said Aaron. I said Byron. You said Byron. You said Aaron. Okay, so now (laughs) just looking ahead to uh, Week 12, and we've got some injury updates. So, Stu, I'm going to have you kind of take the lead here. What are you hearing? I know we are waiting for some more updates, but what are you hearing so far? Yeah, I mean, primarily the biggest thing is going to be the return of Kyron Williams, which, you know, anybody who saw him play against the Cardinals in in week six knows just exactly what he means to this offense and how important he is. So he had four of, of, he ended up with, for those who don't remember, he he had 158 rushing yards in that game, Mm -hmm. but only four of those were in the first half. So 154 came in in the second half after the Rams made some adjustments and started giving him more opportunities. And so, um you know, I, I love his vision and especially some of the jump cuts that he makes and the ways that he helps the offense stay on schedule. So that is going to be huge. And then Cooper, obviously, day-to-day with a uh, lateral ankle sprain. That was what Rams head coach Sean McVay shared on Monday. So um, he, McVay also said the goal is to is for Cup to play and that it's a real possibility. But at the same time, they want to you know monitor the functionality of Cup's ankle just to make sure that everything is, is good there. Um, those are really the main ones. I mean, there there are some other you know bumps and bruises mm-hmm. that uh, McVay kind of mentioned. Quinton Lake with some hamstring soreness, and um, Puka Nakua who's dealing with a, a shoulder injury, uh, who's day to day. 
Um, and then I think Ben Skronik had a hip pointer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there might be a couple others that I'm forgetting, but those are the ones, main ones that um, come to top of mind right now. Skronik can't be hurt. He just eats rusty nail sandwiches. Know, right? He'll be out there. Yeah, I love this dude. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny, right? Uh, Kyron coming back. Can't wait. Happy. So happy. Uh, Royce Freeman just came off, what, 17 for 73? So the butt and gut guys up front, the O-line, have been doing a great job no matter who's back there. I mean, they have absolutely been opening up holes. That second half versus Arizona, they just went to work on that defense. So hopefully that travels. I mean, it's the same group you're playing against with the same five offensive linemen plus Kyron coming back. So uh, I I expect similar results running the football. Maybe not wait until the second half to get it done, Mm -hmm. but you should be able to run the football on the Cardinals. What have you liked just – from what we've seen from Kyron Williams this year. And yes, we know he went down with the injury after week six. Uh, but when you look at those first six weeks of his performance, what did you really like and how you've seen kind of him really uh, elevate the run game? You know, well, I, we were going off, well, I was. I was going off what I was told, what his role was going to be. He was going to be a third down back, right? So I'm assuming the guy is a pass catcher. He can pick up some guys in pass protection, but that's how he's going to make his living. But when he became the guy and started taking carries, he is a lot more physical than I thought. Mm-hmm. He really is. I mean, he runs through tackles. He, he's, he's great at surfing the hole. He's very smart, very intelligent, sets up his blocks well. And when it, be, when it comes down to a one-on-one situation with the free hitter, he goes in there and, and, and takes that guy on. That surprised me. And he's scrappy around the goal line. I love it. So I never thought I would see that out of a guy I termed as a third down back. So, no, he's not a third down back. He's an every down back. So that's the thing that really changed my mind about him. Well, in what you mentioned just now about the pass protection, I think that was a pretty big aspect in him becoming an every down back as well. Um, not that I thought that it was necessarily something that he needed to work on, mm. uh, but I think you know if if you're Sean McVay and you're trying to you know figure out which running backs you can trust and put out there consistently, one way to earn opportunities on every down is to be a reliable pass protector in those known passing situations and knowing those assignments, and that's something that he's taken a lot of pride in this season. Well, with the return of Kyron Williams, as well as an update on Cooper Cup, head coach on McVay spoke with the media a bit ago. You know, I think you want to be smart about it. You know, I think you want to be able to try to simulate some drills, you know, without the risk of injury, you know, to be able to just get him back to some of the things that, you know, are going to occur on Sunday. And, you know, you can't ever truly simulate those things, Gary, but it wasn't like it was too long ago. You certainly don't take anything for granted, but um, if he's feeling good, you know, we want him to be able to have a normal workload. And uh, I know he's excited to be back and uh, his teammates are excited to have him. All right. uh, Next, let's get into uh, we're going to look ahead. It's now week 12, which sometimes is kind of crazy to think about as to how we are already at week 12 in this regular season. It feels like we're about to be in the playoffs, so you're going to blink and it's going to be right there. But with week 12, we've got the big win off of the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to go face another divisional foe with the Cardinals. They got they were able to get the best of them earlier this season. How important is this win going or is a win against the Cardinals going to be for this Rams team? I think it's super important. You you, you could have you have a chance to sweep two division rivals, division yeah. foes. So and it's a team that you can beat and should beat and you already did beat this year. So yeah, I think it's ultra important uh, to get that for the NFC West. And when you start talking about wild cards and chasing down playoff spots and, you know, just keeping the momentum going, I think that's more important. And when I talk to Sean McVay, that's, you know, what we talk about. It's about keeping that momentum going. When you get that win, you want to get another one and string together another one. Next thing you know, it's 
you know, week 15, 16, and we are talking about playoff slots. And they start putting X's and Y's next to your team's name. So, but that all, that all starts with a streak, some sort of streak. One win, two wins, three wins, four wins. So you got one versus Seattle. Let's see if you can get another one versus Arizona and keep that ball rolling. You saw how important that momentum was during the Super Bowl season, obviously, with the the run or the stretch the Rams had in December especially. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to have that momentum started already and continuing to pick up steam in November leading into December. Now, when the Rams faced the Cardinals earlier this season in Week 6, they beat them 26-9. to They were without Kyler Murray. But mm-hmm. now Kyler is back. He's played his last two games coming off of the ACL injury. So this will be their first time seeing him this year. Uh, his return has been, he's one and one, couple touchdowns, interception. It's been, I think obviously they're really excited to have him back for the Cardinals, but how it, how are the Rams going to have to limit him, limit his run game, uh, and really find ways to, I don't want to say stop him, but I guess I do, find ways to limit him offensively to take the advantage in this matchup. Do your best to contain him. I mean, it's hard. Uh, I made a joke about him. Mm-hmm. He should have to dribble when he scrambles because it's not fair. <laughs> it, it's not. I mean, he's just so quick, so fast, he can take off, and he might be the fastest guy in the field, and yeah. he happens to be the quarterback, and it's just it's a nightmare. But if you keep him bottled up, and I'll say this. Uh, this is old school Kyron Williams going back to Russell Wilson, these small scramblers. If you make him throw from the golf cup, make him throw from the pocket, so he has to throw up and out. He's not that tall. He can't see. He may throw you one. Uh, if you make him scramble up the gut versus outside where he doesn't have the benefit of the sidelines, mm-hmm. you can get shots on him and slow him down. But Kyron Williams, is a he's a balanced breakfast. He's a full-time job trying to stop him. Right in, left in, up the gut. You've got to bring it all in unison to keep him in there. And then that's only half of it. Now you got to get him on the ground. But uh, he's a guy that if he does scramble, you can get licks on him. He's turned the ball over. He's still the same Kyron. Uh, there's not a pass he doesn't like from anywhere, any arm slot. He'll try to wing it down there. So, you know, he throws up 50-50 balls. Um, he's not unbeatable. But I'll tell you what, if you let him get momentum and you let him get started and get in the rhythm, he's almost impossible to stop. So get after him early. Let Aaron do let Aaron do what, what Aaron does. Get after quarterbacks, rattle this guy, and let him know he's not safe for the day. Stu, quickly, how many times do you think people are going to confuse Kyler and Kyron over the weekend? Did I just do that? <laughs> Did I? Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> Kyler, Kyron, Kyron. But you know what? Wow, okay. I, you know what's yeah. funny? I've been, I've been thinking about this yeah. all day. I'm like, don't say Kyron, just say Kyler. And like going back and forth. And I'm like, wow, I love that word. Well, I can't. You know? I can't say what I really want to call Kyler. Okay. But anyway, go ahead. Well, we like Kyler better <laughs> yeah. here with the Rams, so it's fine. But yeah. go ahead, Stu. <laughs> uh, with a quarterback like Kyler, obviously the, the thing that comes to mind is uh, being sticky in coverage or knowing mm. those sticky coverage rules, right? Um, somebody who can escape the pocket, um, you know, obviously with the, the launch point that he can have on some of his throws when he does try to make those off-platform, off-schedule throws. Uh, you got to be on your P's and Q's if you're a defensive back. And so uh, that to me is is one of the uh, biggest keys when it comes to trying to limit him. Um, in addition to you know trying to you know keep contain on the edges as much as he yeah. reasonably can. And Hollywood Brown is a problem. He's a guy that's uncoverable. Yeah. Um, it, it, with a great quarterback, I think he'd be in the Pro Bowl. And John Connor, man, they're just built different out of pit. Uh, another big strong. I can't figure out this guy is shifty. Or people are just diving out of his way when he runs the football because they don't want to hit him. I mean, he is just a big, muscular dude. So that's your first and foremost. You need to stop him first and then get after 
uh, Kyler Murray. <laughs> because if not, John Connor would just run you over and control the football game. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and now you got me thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, I got you on your toes. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say, too, is, you know, with both of those guys being back, I mean, yeah. this is a little bit different team than I think what the Rams saw in week yes, six, not is. purely based on both of them being mm-hmm. available, but just the fact that at least the last couple of games that I've watched with Kyler being back there and also James Conner, like mm-hmm. they've been a, a very competitive team. Like the yeah. last two teams they faced, like they have not been an easy out for the Texans no. or I believe it was the Falcons. So mm-hmm. um, they're, they're going to, they're going to be a pretty competitive and, and uh, compelling matchup this weekend, despite what, you know, their record shows. Yeah. And I, it's, Look, it's going to be a matchup that's going to be coming after we've got some Thanksgiving games mm-hmm. this week. We've got a, a lot of pie will be consumed. And so all the Rams fans are going to be stuffed. They're going to be ready uh, to watch this matchup. So with Thanksgiving mm. being a couple days away, around the corner, literally, yeah. yep. uh, what are you guys most thankful for? When it comes to, it could be this season with the Rams. It could just be the Rams as a whole. What are you most thankful for? Wow. What are you most thankful for? I'm thinking a productive rookie class. Ah, I like and, that. And, and, and Great that, draft. And, yeah. And, and that's not to say previous classes haven't been, or, and that's not a knock against them just to be very, very clear. But I mean, especially when, you know, I think it was like right before the start of the regular season or in training camp, you know, Sean McVay identified at least four of those guys right off the bat as being immediate contributors, whether that be starter or like core rotation player. Um, you know, I think if, if you went down the list, you know, a lot of those guys have met or even exceeded expectations in, in some cases. And so, you know, as we all know, in years past, it's been more of a, a redshirt year approach, if you will, as far as, you know, the rookies that have been drafted for the most part, you know, waiting their time. You know, maybe it's taken an injury for somebody to, you know, get in the mix. But this year they've, they've thrown a lot of those guys right in, in some cases, into starting roles, and, and they've handled it pretty well. So that's my pick. Man, um... Health along the offensive line. Yeah. I think that's been the biggest difference. I I was going to say both guards, uh, Dotson and Avila, but that's part of the rookie class. Mm -hmm. Um, Even with Puka Nakua and and Byron Young and all the guys we just talked about, all the young guys making contributions, if Steven Avila and Kevin Dotson aren't playing like they're playing, you don't have much. You don't even have a quarterback. I mean, you're just getting mowed down. You don't have a chance to run the football. You don't have a chance to throw it. So... Uh, and most of that has been just because of the health of the offensive line. Um, Alar Jackson in particular. And then Rob Havenstein working himself back into the lineup. Joe Noteboom. We said you have six starters for five spots. And that's how it's been. So the health along the offensive line, I think, has been huge for this football team. And it's it's made a difference. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm thankful for? What? The bye week. Just because it allowed everyone to get healthy. It gave a moment for people to get back on track. It was a nice, I think it kind of came at the perfect time Mm. for the Rams to give them a reset before now going into this back half of the season. Now they've picked up the win against Seattle. Hopefully they're going to pick up the win in Arizona and then they'll go from there. But it allowed them to get back into the win column, to get things back on track, to kind of shift gears, I think, just internally for everyone Mm -hmm. and kind of create the good vibes, knowing that, like, okay, there is still an opportunity for them to pull off a wild card spot. If they can find, as you guys mentioned earlier, find a way to not, they've already swept the Seahawks, find a way now to sweep the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. That puts them in good standing. Okay, yes, it does seem like the 49ers might take the division, but look, 
things can change. There's still a lot of time. Also, the 49ers, uh, I believe they have quite a challenging back oh, half yeah. schedule there mm-hmm. for the season. So it just puts everyone, I think, in a really good spot now moving forward. So hopefully they'll continue and they're going to pick up some wins here and be in a good spot to close out this regular season. Uh, but I think that's kind of, you know, it's oh, those yeah. moments just allowing you to reset. And, you know, uh, with young players, and you guys, you said you were thankful for the rookies, you know, to have that break in the season just to kind of reset mentally and understand, like, look, you're now at the big league level. This is not in college anymore. <laughs> Things look very different right now. So just giving them a moment to kind of be like, one, look at what a, the impact I've had on this club this year. And now I can kind of take a minute, take a step back, and reset for now this the most important time of the season. Oh, so, my God. Some of these I rookies, yeah, the plus preseason, right? What, nine games plus preseason yeah. so that's yeah. the most you've ever played guess what you've got 10 more yeah. that's what I'm saying yeah. so like yeah. sometimes yeah. you gotta be thankful for the little things Absolutely. and for me it's a bye week even the, okay? the interns the people that work around the team yeah yeah we got a long way to go yes. <laughs> we ain't done yet we're yeah. not, we got a lot more to long do way to go. So it's like, and there's still more football to be played and like yep. there's something to be playing for oh, yeah. you know you yeah, want yeah. to find a way in to get that wild card spot and so the time is now no so doubt. I just feel like hey we're gonna be thankful for something amen we're I heard that for the bye week. I'm thankful for <laughs> Stu. Yes. My man. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and saying Kyler. <laughs> 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 All right, now with uh, with week 12, a couple days away, facing the Cardinals, I know we kind of hit on some of the keys to victory, but mm. let's kind of go back to really dial in on what has got to be the focus for the Rams to get the win over the Cardinals. We'll start with you, Stu. I'll, I'll go back to containing Kyler again. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, he can make plays off schedule, make plays with his legs. Um, just got to find a way to limit his impact. And if you can do that, uh, your chances of success on Sunday will obviously increase dramatically. I'm going off the reservation, man. I'm gonna <laughs> let's 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 do something we haven't done all year. Now, all that stuff's important. Mm-hmm. Corralling Kyler. See, you put it in my head now. <laughs> Listen, no, Corralling but you're Kyler. On it. You're, Absolutely. You're not gonna forget. Running the football <laughs> ultra important, but how about let's score on defense? Yeah, I like I, that. there's nothing against. You, there's no rule saying you you don't you can you can't score on defense. Let's pick one off the scoop one. Let's score on defense. And how about this? Let's block a kick. You Ooh. had one blocked in Dallas. Turned everything around. That was the craziest five minutes in Dallas, right? That just flipped the whole game upside down. Why not do it to them? Take it to them. Block a kick. There's no rule against it. Uh, I'm sure you're ready for one. So yeah, let's score on defense and uh, let's 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 make something big happen on special teams. I think that's a big key. Yeah, mine's gonna be. Let's do that early in the game. Mm-hmm. Let's get it going in the first half. Really set the tone early and allow that to kind of just control the rest of it. Because I think, especially when you kind of look at what these last couple games have looked like, it's been the second half that's been the key. And mm-hmm. I think if they can just kind of adjust that to now being in the first half, really setting the tone early in the game, I think that can be kind of all the difference and get on the board early and hopefully come out with a win. And we'll go from there. Absolutely. You're ready for, row. yeah, two in a row. Two in a row is called a streak, see? Yeah, a win streak. A win yeah. streak. Win That's streak. what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> so watch out, Kyler. We're coming for a win streak. That's Absolutely. What All right, y'all. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure to hang out with you guys today. Yeah. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy First Thanksgiving. Eat yeah. lots. Yes. Eat lo- What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? More. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like yes. it. How about you, Stu? What are you looking forward to? Yes. More. <laughs> that, to yeah. be full. Yes. Yeah. To be very I, I mean, full. No, there is no Thanksgiving dish that I will turn down. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> all right. Well, Stu and DeMarco, thanks mm-hmm. for hanging out with me. And to all of our Rams fans, thank you for tuning in to Between the Horns, brought to you by your Southern California Toyota dealers. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving from all of us. And we will catch you next week.